It's time for the Mark Hudson Show. Expect something wonderful. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. This is Mark Hudson. This is the Mark Hudson Show. So good to see you and talk to you. Uh, and those of you that were listening to the Psychic Cat Show, yes, that was live, and that was a <laughs> that was really fun. So happy birthday again, Cat! Hope you celebrate and have a good time. You know, she definitely is one of those people who doesn't know when to stop working, and luckily she's a Gemini and she can dissociate, which we are going to talk about. So that's really good for the people that she works with and for, right? Hey, listen, if you're a first time caller or user, I should say, or listener, get over to one uh, radiocom and click that chat link and then we'll get you into the chat room. And then from there, we're going to um, say, hey, so I'm, I'm refreshing mine right now. And I can say hi to you guys. It's a it's the 12th of June. It's just a little after 9 a.m. Pacific time. Ah, and if you come to the chat room, you'll see my banner. Hi, Christina. How you doing, Donna? Good to see you. Thanks for being here. Hi, Ingrid. Thanks for being in the room. Christy just put up the charts, uh, the chart, which I um, is for the new moon, which we're going to talk about today. So you all keep coming in the room. It's good. Hi, Terry. Thanks for being here. Hi, Truly. Doreen. Good morning, CA. Thanks for being here. Hi, Lynn. I know. I'm glad you made it too. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks for coming. Tiffany, welcome. It has, oh, since the last show, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's tough. I know, it's been crazy though, right? I mean, you're not the only one that sort of saw the roller coaster happening. Um, hi, Alishaya, how are you? Good to see you. Ingrid, Donna, all right, you guys, um, I'm going to start in. I'm going to, and April Joy, good to see you guys. Uh, good to see you, honey. Um, so this is a really interesting uh, cycle that we're in. Now, last week, <clears throat> I started in about the elements. I wanted to reinforce with you kind of what they do and, and how they work with because you're composed of all of them, right? And there's a lot of misconceptions about um, the astrological signs and their components. And, you know, it's just because it's, sometimes it's just easy to remember them. And sometimes we're speaking, we're saying the word fire, but we're meaning different things. So it's nice to get on the same page with all those things. And one of the ways we do that is starting at the beginning, which is one thing I love to do. I love to start at the beginning and sort of bring people up to snuff because I don't, I think there's, I like to do the beginning of anything, like no matter how experienced I am, I love to hear introductory astrology courses. I love to hear introductory anything that I'm beginning courses like photography, um, just because there's those things that you pick up. Like I have to watch a movie twice. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I can't remember the first time around because I'm looking at all my mind's going, wonder how they did that. Wonder how they did that. Oh my God. Look at the, whatever it is. And then the second time I'm like, oh my God, I, I missed all of that. But so at least I know that. Right. So when we're talking about the elements, we're talking about the marriage of a, a time period, like the beginning, middle or end of a season and the element. Um, fire, earth, air, and water. And that's the order that the elements go in. If you get that into memory, fire and earth, air and water. And and coincidentally, they're in the order of their opposites. Fire and earth are opposite. Air and water are opposites. Um, wait a minute. Let me make sure of that. Yes, air and water are opposites. Um, it, it doesn't make sense. You'd think fire and water would be opposites, right? Um, but it's not. And we'll explain. I'll explain that. It makes so much sense when you hear it. So when you're taking the time period, which is cardinal, fixed, and mutable, the beginning, middle, and end of a season, cardinal, fixed, mutable. Mutable is flexible, right? Cardinal is aggressive. It's assertive. It's pushing out. So when you have um, a cardinal moment, when it's the time period is cardinal, let's just pretend it's, this is um, the first day of spring. We're in that the cardinal cycle for 30 days. And you add a fire element to it, you get Aries. And so that is attributed forever to Aries. You don't get to change that, right? I'm just showing you how the, how the birth happened. It's fire and cardinal made Aries. Well, what made Taurus? Earth and fixed makes Taurus. And there's only one through the entire zodiac. There's only one fixed sign of Earth, and it's called Taurus, right? You getting it? And there's only one mutable and then air. And then you go back to cardinal. And what's after air? Water. You just keep doing that cycle. So cardinal water is cancer, which is the first day of summer. So when you hear the word cardinal, think the beginning of a season. And there's only four of those. 
Okay, and there's only four middle of a seasons, and there's and which are fixed, and there's only four mutables. Now, your chart when you're born has probably an imbalance of those, and you or some people might have a perfect balance, which is fine. But you can have, and you typically have an imbalance of those. Like you might have way more Earth than you have anything else. Or you might have way more air, and there's ways to balance that, and there's ways that you do balance it, and you don't even know. But what we're doing this series is talking about how Freud's defenses as we develop, and we're using Freud because no matter what you think of him, he did nail this sort of developmental thing in a way that we can pretty much attest to. And, uh, you know, nobody really, except for purists, nobody really likes the conclusions he made, but we do like the observations, the observations he had and can use them in a lot of psychological systems. So he started with the idea of the oral phase when, when a baby is born, born the oral phase. I don't have to explain it very much. You know that one. It's the sort of suckling, but it's psychologically, it's the defense to stay connected. Okay. So it's the defense against what? Loneliness. We're going to attribute that to water signs. Next, we have the um, anal development. Anal development is when you learn to potty train and you learn that you can control your environment. You can actually have control over the environment. And that's, believe it or not, when we, de when we decide, hmm, I'm not going to go and make everybody crazy. Or I'm going to go and make everybody crazy. <laughs> but whenever it is, it's I decide when they get to be crazy. Um, that's the anal phase. Now, if, as you become an adult, you learn that one of these most likely – a predominant one is works really well for you. And they do. They usually work pretty well. Now, the problem is anything in excess usually is going to find its demise. And if you have leaned heavily into a certain defense as your way of MO, the lie, as your way of MOing life, um, then by your Saturn return by 28, we're going to see that probably knock you down. Okay. Which makes it smart on your part to recognize what your defense is and how you're, you, how you're working in the world and how you might want to strengthen the other ones. Astrology can point to that. One of the good things about going to a psychological astrologer is the idea of seeing what the strengths and the weaknesses are within just that preponderance of elements, right? Where, is there, where, where have they developed too much? Now, because astrology is sort of you can't know how the person is doing the chart, Okay, I want you to hear that. If you're born at the exact same moment in time, right, you have the same chart, different sides of the world, um, you're going to approach that chart differently because of your environment. Okay, and you might be born into an environment that really supports you having an emotional connection with yourself. Uh, you know, in America, it's typical to for young boys in the old, I guess the old days, I don't know if it's changed or not, to be told it's not okay to cry. Okay, don't show that kind of emotion. It makes you look weak. Now, what kind of message are you giving to water signs or the oral fixated ones <laughs> when their emotional connection to you and they're and they're sad about something happening about that and you're telling them don't have that experience. So see, every phase can have a wound. The Oedipal con the Oedipal phase is now the the child feels a sense of power in overcoming something, okay, like defeating the other parent, defeating, like winning, however, the, whatever winning looks like. And in the edible phase, you might have somebody who is a constant uh, competitor. Uh, Aries people, most psychological astrologers would say Aries are a classic example of the edible, the pure edible phase, which is the constant need to prove that they can do something on a psychological level. Now, a lot of Aries are going to go, remember, you guys, I'm taking it out of context. But if I drive hard enough the point to a sun sign that says no, like, for example, I talked about Aries a few several years ago and was saying about their combativeness and how you get an Aries to move is challenge them, like get them, a, give them a challenge. Aries hate to be challenged. And, and they almost it's like that mythology of the the snake who got the goat to jump over the cliff because he challenged him. But instead of killing the snake, he, he leaped just to prove that he could and he couldn't. So um but I got – it's so funny. I made that comment and I got a letter from a group, quote unquote, of Aries who demanded that I quit um, – demanded – now watch this – demanded that I quit presenting Aries as combative. 
and they said, um, uh, this has infuriated us every time we listen. It was like all of the keywords of Aries, like they were pissed off. They wanted, like they were combat, they were challenging me. And it was like, okay, so that's a classic example of becoming the very thing that you don't like. Right. Um, which happens like Virgos who get, um, like who get offended and say, I, I have never gotten offended at anything in my life except what you just said. <laughs> and they leave, like, right. I get leave in, in defense. I've told you before, it's kind of like how many uh, you can see each sign's defense against some of the things I say. I've, you know, I've, you, people get angry. I've angered Aquarians. I've angered Virgos. I've angered, um, Aries. Uh, I'm pr- pretty sure I've gone through the whole Zodiac, but it's interesting. The ones that I have angered that make it known or that stick in my mind because the defense is so interesting to watch. Um, and that's what this show is about. It's about our defenses. Now using elements as a defense is a, a kind of a new concept. Most of us don't think of elements as a defense, but what it is, is a defense against what makes us uncomfortable. And so when you have a preponderance of earth, your defense is going to be anything that makes, um, that, that challenges your material well-being, your security, no matter how you look at it, your preponderance of earth is going to challenge that. Now, you might have a preponderance of earth, had a different kind of environment, and you might hate material things. You might be a minimalist. But then your life is all about what? The absence of material things, which makes it all about material things. So you can't escape it in that way. It's not that easy, right? And not that you want to escape it. Defenses are beautiful. What what do you think an immune system is? Okay, so let's move to one. Now, we haven't covered. I'm covering them out of order, so I don't want you to worry. We've only talked about the anal um, the anal defense at this at last week, which was the earth defense. You can go back and listen to that if you want. The, the next one that he didn't really give a nice little catchphrase to was the defense of denial. <clears throat> and denial, and the reason I'm doing that, because what is the order of the zodiac? What are the order of the elements? Fire, earth, air, water. And tomorrow is the new moon in air right in Gemini. So I figured we would go after the air signs today to talk a little bit or a lot about their defenses and, and what, how that looks opposite to what the water defense is. So in the, in the denial, I want you to hear denial. Um, the, and, and another way of saying it is dissociation. Now, a lot of us will immediately attribute some negative concept to the idea of denial, but there is really good denial. Um, let me explain. If you were a surgeon and you had to cut into somebody and you were telling yourself, ew, ew, I can feel it, <laughs> right? With what normal people do when they see somebody being cut open is have a reaction to, oh, we grimace. And usually it's because we're experiencing what that must feel like. We have not been able to dissociate the fact that this is um, something that is important to do or that they've done a million times. And you've all seen the coroners who um, are uh, doing an autopsy, eating lunch while they're cutting open somebody's brain. You know, the, they, they play that up in the movies. I don't know if that, if, I think it must be true because it's certainly an archetype. I've seen enough of this sort of sloppy eating, lunch eating, uh, you know, autopsy guy and, or, or gal and not, not being at all concerned about like what they're about to be mushing through. Okay. So dissociation has a good thing. Imagine a psychiatrist who needs to dissociate a little bit from your personal problems, a therapist. Absolutely. When you're talking to somebody, when you're talking to a friend, I had just had a talk this morning to a friend who doesn't know how to dissociate from an air sign, by the way, who doesn't know how to dissociate from the, um, the sense of pain that one of their friends is going through. So it's a really interesting concept, this idea of dissociation. Uh, so it can be useful just like control in the, in the anal defense is very useful. It's very nice to know that you have security in the bank. So I want to emphasize that the elemental balance and the defense of the element is not necessarily a bad thing. Absolutely. I'm not just, you know, saying that to, as a euphemism, I'm absolutely telling you they're good. They're useful. It's when we lean too heavily on them that we start having the breakdown, not and heavily meaning like for most of our life, like it's, and I'll give you some examples here. Um, So now this, this idea of dissociation is the idea that it's a defense against what? I mean, you can imagine if you think of, of, of you think about your air signs and 
and my screen just went blank, you guys. So hang on one second. I'm going to make sure that I can have you up on the screen while I'm doing this. Here we go. Okay. So um, it's a, when you think about um, what, an, what an air sign might want or what somebody who's dissociating might feel dissociating from, dissociated from, it would be pain. Let's, talk, let's just call it pain. Let's call it the sense of um, overwhelm. So when you have an air sign, and, I, and this is their defense, is they can easily become overwhelmed, okay? Overwhelmed with a what? Flood of feeling, a flood of emotion. Now, does it mean they don't have feelings? Absolutely not. That's, in, in fact, an insane idea. All the elements feel, okay? What the element tells us is their defense about feeling, what they do when they feel. So what does an air sign do when they have an intense feeling? They must know how to dissociate or they will be consumed by it. That is the fear. Now, think about motive when you're thinking about this. Think about the motive of all earth signs. What's the motive against? It's against being uh, vulnerable, being left without their defense, their, their, their thing that they hold on to. So the defense of anal is their loss of control. I have to have control over my environment or I will lose it. Air signs defense, I have to have control over what? Over my feelings or they will consume me, okay? Now, that is a little hint into the opposite of air, which is water, okay? They are, are very much afraid of what a water sign represents. You'll see this demonstrated over and over and over. You see it in, um, there's a book called The Right Use of Will, um, that talked about the split between the emotional body and the mental body. It's one of the most brilliant things I've ever read. It was very useful in understanding this sort of battle that goes on. There is a definite distaste in the air community, and I'm going to call it, let's call it the intellectual community against emotion. There's definitely a prejudice. And think about what that translates to. The receptive is the more emotional. The feminine is more emotional. And if you think that there's, you know, the feminine, I didn't say women, but I said the feminine aspect, right? So we all have a feminine aspect. And if you lean into that as your way of approaching the world, you are judged more harshly than the intellectuals of the world. The world doesn't like mush, okay? Especially this part of the world. And it depends on your environment, of course. But there has been throughout history this disdain of the glom of emotion, and the fear of it. Think about Jaws, the success of Jaws, the symbol of this thing lurking in the deep, coming up to bite you. That is absolutely the air fear of fears, that this emotional thing will come to bite them and they will not be able to handle it. So they form a defense. And what is that defense called? Dissociation, denial. So if you think about that, the idea is this um, primitive, primeval, um, motive inside of this, this person who leans like, like who has all this access to the mental facilities, we're talking about air signs that they are going to be, they are not going to like surprises. Okay. They're not going to like surprises that were not accounted for in, in their intellectual assessment of what was going on. And I want to go through each of the signs with you of the air signs to see what you think, excuse me, that their defense is okay. About what is the, um, it's a we know it's a defense of being overwhelmed, but how are that what how is that defense showing up? Okay, that's the that's the idea. Okay, now let's start with the mutable air sign since tomorrow's the new moon. The new moon tomorrow, you guys, is at twenty two degrees of Gemini, and it's forty four minutes. And forty four minutes is only six seconds away from minutes, I'm sorry, six minutes away from it being 23 degrees Gemini. So 23 degrees of Gemini will work. So if you have a chart and you look on the outside of that chart, look at where 23 degrees would land if the numbers get greater when you go counterclockwise. Now, the, look at the chart that Christy posted and then I sent to you guys and see the same thing happen. They put that moon and sun in the 10th house there at 22 because that's where the map told it to go. And because Gemini in, in that particular chart at uh, 23 would land in the 10th house. See if that's true. And in fact, I'm making sure that looking myself because I looked at so many charts this morning, I want to make sure I didn't um, 
Yes, it's at the top of the chart. Why is it at the top of the chart? The top of the chart that I posted says that the, the noon position is it's loading now. The loon, <laughs> I will not, I will not, I refuse to, I will celebrate <laughs> when my internet, when my provider of fiber internet gets here. And I, I think it's going to be around August, but man, I really have noticed how I breathe when I click something and it's got, oh my God. Remember the old days of when you, the modem would make all that noise and you'd probably, you'd connect it probably three megabits or something. Oh my God. And we, that was like fast and exciting. We had all the patience in the world. It's terrible. It, it is awful to not be patient. Think about how far a satellite, millions of miles away, and I'm pissed that I don't get great cell reception when I run through a little forest or something. It's like we're we're spoiled, I think. If you look at the top of that chart, you see 20 degrees at noon, 20 degrees of Gemini. You see 20 Gemini. And if the numbers go greater when you go counterclockwise, 22 must land in that 10th house, counterclockwise, Right. So if the new moon was going to be at 19, it would be behind that 20 point. It'd be in the ninth house. Do that to your chart because that's the point that's going to be activated. And we're going to talk about new moons. I'll, I'll leave time to talk about the new moons. Let's go through the Gemini defense. Um, Geminis use knowledge as their defense against overwhelm. And if you think about it, you have this um, – Gemini's, you'll hear them talk. You, they usually don't care what the knowledge is, right? So as long as it's some information, they like to have some information about what's going on, uh, the, the sort of um, being in touch, because the more in touch they are with you, the more information they have. You know, Gemini's read the newspaper. They watch the news. They get that information. They gossip all the time. The information's coming in. What is that a defense against, if you think about it? That is a defense in order to help them maintain a detachment, but also to be in touch in case anything arises, they know where all the exits are because they have that information. So a Gemini in the dissociation world is defending against overwhelm by collecting knowledge, information. Now, they don't care what kind of information. I lived with Geminis my whole life. They, I, one was a collector and a rat pat. A, what is it? A pack rat. And every magazine was saved. And in it was a, a dog eared on the article that they don't want to forget. Now, this was before you could highlight it and save it on the Internet. But I still don't think they would have done that. So just information in case they want to go back to it. And I'll tell you what. I never met anybody that didn't have more information about nothing than, than I've ever met. I mean, think about they like, and I learned that I have Venus and Gemini. So I kind of like a little bit of that, but I like, you know, when you drop an egg on the floor, I, I never forgot. Like you pour salt on it to clean it up and, or the, the little things like you microwave a sponge to kill the germs, um, whatever. I love that stuff. Right. And a lot of you do the hints from Heloise kind of stuff. Well, that's what Gemini has as a way, a defense against being overwhelmed and in and particularly in what in relationship okay in being overwhelmed with feelings that they don't know what to deal with you want to drive a gemini crazy be hurt by them tell them that you want to talk to them you want to have that long talk now often they'll be ready for that but when they start feeling that this is a little too much right that it's like the, and it wasn't in their repertoire of how they're going to handle this then they can't do it they're not going to be around very long but if this is in their repertoire, they've been here before, they understand this one, they're in charge, they don't feel a threat by it, they'll talk it out with you. But remember, their defense, dissociation, and that's against overwhelm. What would Libra be in terms of overwhelming? What would, what's Libra's motive and what do they use to be unoverwhelmed? What do you know about Libra? It's cardinal air. Uh, notice that Gemini is mutable air, so it's knowledge about everything. Libra is cardinal air. It's the assertion one. It's the most aggressive of the air signs, even though they tell you aggression. I just don't relate. Yeah, we get you number Libra. We know you. We see right through you. The uh, the inanimate object of the Zodiac, they all get me for saying that right. <laughs> now, Libras are lovely. Honestly, they are. All, all the signs are lovely. But they do have a hard time seeing this part of themselves that's a little like just staying in the fray above the fray of the emotional. So they want to understand dynamics. They want to understand the dynamic of relationship, the exchange between you and me, the, the pursuit of relationship. 
They want to know how they can be worked, how they can bring harmony into it. They want to know the the rules of what are the, you know, what are the things that obstacles that we can overcome. Notice it's information, but it's about relationship and it's about putting the relationship together so they can come up with a set, a guideline that will help them prevent an emotional sabotage. Okay. And that's what they do. It's, and so in other words, their fear, Libra's deeper fear is that they're going to be stuck in the quagmire of relationship and the emotional gunk. They don't want that. Uh, Libras are considered to be the people who love the dance of relationships. They don't necessarily love the relationship. Okay. Now, is that true for all Libras? And is that, no, uh, Libras love being married. They love their, they love all of the contractual things that come with a partner. But in that pursuit, in that pursuit of relationship, they are looking for the part that does not get pinned down by a surprise, by, a, by an unknown factor. So they can keep it all on the up in their, in their mind, keep it all away from what it could possibly m- merge me and lock me up in this cage. Now remember, again, all of the air signs are going to fear any sort of bondage, any sort of thing that locks them in a cage. Um, most, I mean, I don't know an air sign that, that doesn't, now you, you can play in, you know, don't, don't confuse the words bondage and, and play bondage, but the idea of being in something that you can't get out of for an air sign is very destructive. So you've got to remember the not being able to dissociate, not being able to leave the circumstance or to up away from it is very destructive. Okay. So. Let's talk a little bit and we will refine these over time. I don't want to go too deep with you for a reason. And it's because you guys get overwhelmed and anybody learning astrology in the beginning gets very overwhelmed. Like, okay, why are we going into this again? And so we're going into this because you can understand a, the signs from a different place and also look at your own chart, what the propensity of um, what the preponderance of element is in your chart and then use it to understand a little bit about what your MO is. Now, you can count different ways in, in the elemental world. You can give the sun sign might get more more like two points and the moon sign two points um, as opposed to Pluto in an air sign getting only one point. Um, so you can do it like that. You can figure it out. But if you count them, just count them at face value. Don't worry about the house that they're in. You can get a feel for what you're a predominance of. And then you'll get a feel for how good you are at dissociating of your air, how good you are at control of your earth, how good you are at merging of your water, and how good you are at escape if you're um, a fire sign, okay, or competition, I should say. Um now, let's go to talk about Aquarians really quick. Aquarians, the defense is to control their behavior according to a code of ethics. Now, that sounds really weird that, that, that um, Aquarians are going to need a code or a rule because aren't they the rule breakers? They are. But in order to not be overwhelmed, they need to set what the rules are. They need to know what the rules are and they usually provide them to themselves and they're usually, they have a moral code. So in other words, Aquarians, even though they're different and even though they like to be, hear the different drum, as long as they know the rules, they'll play that. But if they don't, it, it, it's not helpful. So they'll take – let me give you an example. I know it's, it sounds like rhetoric. Um, let's say an Aquarian has an idea of what a relationship should look like, okay? And they get in this relationship. If it doesn't look like that, they're out, okay? It, that, it, it terrifies them to not have control. Like what are the rules? And so if they go in with the rules of relationship and it, it doesn't fit, they're gone. But that applies to things like clubs they might belong to, uh, a code of ethics for the political organization they're with. I mean, even the Klan, the KKK, was a code of ethics that actually people felt that that some people felt you know they could belong to and then others felt they, they couldn't, but they knew what the rules were. And that sort of sense of organizational um, – ideology like homeless people should have a shelter i've always talked about that with aquarians they should have a shelter so when you find a homeless person not in a shelter you might go and start a political movement to get them in shelter but you're certainly not going to offer your own home as one typically typically you're not going to throw your home open and, and say okay all homeless people come over here because it would be that would be too overwhelming so what a Aquarian is defending against is the savagery of human nature, okay? Whatever that is. So imagine that the KKK saw 
African-American people as uh, a threat, as human savages. That's an Aquarian ideal. And the reason I picked that is because imagine some of the biggest dictators in the world were fixed signs, number one, like Hitler was a Taurus. I think um, there's a few Aquarians in the mix. Uh, Mussolini, I think. I'll have to go look. I didn't plan on talking it from that perspective. But the idea was order and law. But, you know, Saturn used to rule Aquarius before they found Uranus. So there's still a little bit of that leftover order that's necessary for Aquarians to know where they stand. And Aquarians fixate so deeply on that rule that when it's broken, they are terrified of the overwhelm that they'll experience. So air signs equals the defense against overwhelm. So have you ever been in a relationship with an air sign and you're the, have you ever been, let me ask you this. Have you ever been in several relationships to the point where you could see in one relationship, you were the glommy one. And in another relationship, you were the detached one. That's not a coincidence. Okay. It's kind of like this idea of whichever, what that, that which we own, we can be, and that which we can't own, we project. So if you're in a relationship with someone who tends to be overly glommed on you and like nervous that you're leaving, like really orally fixated, you might call up the part of you in your chart, if you had access to it, that wanted to dissociate. Okay. You might start with being this person in control, or you might try to be the person who encourages them through competition, but you also might try to be the one who dissociates, depending on what your propensity is, okay? So that, now, the fear inside of air is what water is made of. What is water? I mean, water is made of the, takes the shape of the container, Okay, it takes the shape of the container that you offer. We'll talk about water next week, but it takes the shape of its container, so it becomes whatever you want it to become. That's a nightmare for an air sign. Think about air sign equal intellectual in terms of not that they're all smart or smarter. I mean, Einstein was a Pisces, but that they have an objectivity that they need to have, an objectivity. They need to believe in if one plus one equals two. And so... Water signs represent the antithesis of that. Can you imagine an intellectual your whole life? You're identifying with them. You feel like one. You look for logic and facts and you meet someone who goes, this doesn't feel right. Now, that person could absolutely be correct. And they may not say it like that, but they might. That, I think that's how air translates it. Okay. The, the air signs will translate the, the emotion of water sign into weak, glommed, um, ineffectual. Um, now all the things that air is afraid of, right? All the, so they're the opposite of that. They're defending against all the things that water is. That's why when you meet water signs, meet air signs, whoa. And there's that instant attraction. Like they want what the other has. They're just not sure if that they, they have the defense to pull it off. Now I'm going to take a breath here and go look in the chat room, see how you guys are hanging in there. I'm refreshing. Thank you very much. Let's see. Yes. Okay, here we go. There we are. Thanks. All right. I keep. All right. Um, you know, one thing I've noticed over the years is that when I was a little kid, I felt more like my rising sign, which is Pisces. But as I've gotten older, it seems like I've grown into my Gemini. Yeah, you know, um, what that would suggest on it is that you started as orally fixated, okay, in the orally fixated stage. That was your defense, and that's what you held on to, um, the defense of, of being connected maybe to, to other people, and that's how you felt safe, very right? And so as a Gemini, then you learn the defense against that, which is just to learn, be educated, be smart, like have that information, and it probably is way more balanced. Okay, Christina, so true. As a Libra, I want an exit option, even if I'm not planning on using it. I think you speak for the world. I think you speak for the world of air signs, particularly. They need to know the exit strategy. Doesn't matter if they're they're ever going to hit that button. It's just they need to know it. And you can't hand it to them. That's even more control. They have to. So, but think about this. Imagine that you're in a relationship with a with a, a air sign. 
and you understand this about them, that they're going to need an exit strategy. You don't go up and hand them an exit strategy. That's control. They'll freak out on you. You make sure they have one, though. Don't ever talk about it. That's true power in your relationships. You, you, I can't even begin to tell you how much fun you can have when you get the, when you understand it. You just hand it to them, you know, but not obviously. Like imagine hinting, I, um, I, I love having my own space every now and then, or I like a, a place that, you know, where I can have my own room, knowing that's exactly what they want, right? It's so good to be a water sign when you're, when you're, when you know, whatever, when you're not, when you are one, I guess I should say. Hey, Benita, honorary Aquarian, I do set my rules to follow. And yes, you're spot on, fixated on rule that is broken. I have been the glommy one and the detached one too. Yes, we can be both. It's so true. Nice observation, Benita. That's why, Rachel, I have, I value intellect so much. South Node and Pisces, South uh, Gemini Mother. Oh, yes. South Node and Pisces, I know a few of you, you cannot help it. And it's so funny. Um, my friend is a Gemini, South Node and Pisces. And I'll tell you what, I hear it every time he talks to somebody that has worked him. It's like he doesn't even know it. It's so funny. But yeah, South Node and Pisces is pretty intense around that feeling thing. Oh, hi, Veronica. Give me a little cat gif. <laughs> um Double Aquarian can't break the rules if we do not know what they are. There you go. See, that's absolutely true. How are you going to break the rule if you don't know what the rules are? So you that's brilliantly said. So you think about what the rules are and you know what if you know them, you can break them. Shelly, I love my gem rising and it's conjunct Uranus. Wow, look at that. I'm always looking for the exit. <laughs> you guys are so forthright. And Shelly, thank you for the blog article. I have been meaning to write you all week. It's coming in a couple of weeks. So Shelly writes for the blog as well. And it's in order, Shelly, but I'll write you a date here. I keep wanting to do that, but I'm so glad I saw you so I could tell you. Hi, Terry. She says, me too. Um, Okay, and then I'm going to just check here one more time. I, You know that thing where you have to go to previous comments and go back up? Um, here we go. Thank you. All right. Um, anything in excess leads to demise. Wow, so true. Thanks, Terry. That's great. I love that. Hi, Jamie, Dawn. Big hugs back at you, girl. Um, Veronica, I know. I love that you're here. It's always good to see you. Okay, uh, four Earth, five Cardinal. Woo! Doreen, you're an honorary Capricorn if you aren't one, right? Okay, so that's like control through that organization. It's like the to, to collect and control through collection. But it, I want to go into that a lot more detail. Um, okay, funny, Mark, you never made me pissed off, but you make me laugh a lot. Sometimes cry. Water, water, water. Oh, that's so cute. Audra, thank you. That's so sweet. Um, how is the dissociation of an air sign different the way a Pisces dissociates as a water sign? Pisces often dissociate with distraction, for example, using substances, watching too much TV. Okay, so Pisces aren't afraid of the overwhelm. They get overwhelmed for sure. They merge into the other one. But notice that their defense is to go directly into the glom. I mean, they want to be connected. A Pisces is most afraid not being connected. So their defense, uh, uh, when it's too much or they, the person is saying no, they, they do the substance abuse or they do they medicate. We call it medicate, right? When you're watching too much TV, you're eating. But that is the defense against the sense of isolation and loneliness. The air signs don't have that defense. They're not worried about being alone. They're worried about being stuck with you, <laughs> right? The opposite. Okay. Um, Let's see. The combination of air and water prominent in your chart softens the relationship a bit. You end up thinking and feeling quite a bit. It's not always good to think too much when it comes to feelings. Well, here's the thing. Everybody does react to feelings differently, and the feelings are what we're most afraid of. And air signs, what they're going to do is try to observe where that feeling is coming from. What they might do is go, oh, I'm noticing my heart is beating faster. Oh, I'm noticing I'm sweating. I think that's a scare reaction. So I'm going to react as a scared person rather than staying present with it to see what that feeling ends up doing. What does a water sign do in the same defense? You think water has any better time with feeling? They cry. That's not feeling the feeling. That's reacting to the feeling. Let that sink in, you guys. Nobody is an expert at feeling. Nobody. All the signs have a reaction against it. And that's that push toward the intellect. It's what the we use our intellect to dissociate, that's what the air signs do. But the other signs use whatever is available to them, like water uses the merge, eating, food, the connection to you, in order not to feel. 
Crying is a great example of the reaction to a feeling. So let that blow your mind because it always blows mine when I talk about it. A feeling and an emotion are different and all the signs equally react, usually adversely, to feelings. We're not big feelers. We don't know how to do it. We're not taught to do it. We're taught to keep our extension, our, our attention external, okay? And the ones that have learned to do it, like maybe Pisces, they got abused for it, right? They get made fun of. They get beat up for it because we are in a society that does prejudice itself toward the intellectual. Okay, that's the masculine side. That why do you think why do you think this whole me too movement thing? I mean, why did it take so long for women to feel that they could be supported? Because we're in a culture that doesn't say that that's okay. And it takes this act of will, this consciousness to stop that from happening. And we and, and it's you know, I could go on, but I don't need to to you guys. You guys know already all that stuff. Um this makes sense to my Capricorn sun, Gemini rising, Aquarius, Mercury. I refuse to cry. If I do, you won't see it. I hate showing emotion. I pride myself on being stoic. See, that's great. And that's great honesty, Ingrid. Um, because we don't, we don't want to feel that we're giving the other person any sort of vulnerability. Now, there are those people that will use tears in the opposite way to get you vulnerable, okay? Um, Bonita, it is at the very – you have to hit that previous comments button when you scroll to the top right under my banner. It'll say view previous comments and then scroll to the top of that, okay? Um, it's just that little Facebook insider. Um, I have to have information. Geminis need – listen – that's how you punish a Gemini, right? You say, I'm not going to talk to you about it. And that's how Gemini will get you first is saying, we're not, I'm not going to talk about it. I had a Gemini do that to me saying, um, oh, all the time. Anyway, I have a lot of Gemini friends, right? Because I have Venus in Gemini and where you have your Venus, you you pretty much like those people. So I have Gemini friends telling me, I, I'm not going to talk about it, which means my water goes, oh, freak. I, <laughs> Like, no, we got to. Then they know I'm there, right? They know I'm there waiting, holding the space for it, and they get to remove their attention even more. Oh, have I learned. Let me tell you. Um, I want to teach the revenge class, but that's just the Scorpio in me that wants to teach the revenge class. We, we, we'll wait on that, but I will tell you some secrets as we go. We never stop reading or listening to everything. I love knowledge. That's true. See, you Geminis love it. Um, and it's knowledge of anything. Now think about it. The opposite of Gemini is Sag. And they have just as their mutable fire, your mutable air. What is the difference in the in the way you guys do communication? The difference is fire wants it to be spiritually motivated. They have to have a purpose for it. They have to have some inspiration behind it. So Sag actually is going to be a little more picky than Gemini about what the information that they learn, right? The traveler, the ninth house. Now think Sag rules the ninth house, wisdom, knowledge from some other place. Um, Gemini, the third house, wisdom in the in the more immediate environment, right? And that's the magazines, the books, the writers, the any sort of talk or, or gossip or communication. That's what you want to keep going. Okay, I, I I love that you guys get this. I'm so glad it helps. I'm going to um let's go over the week real quick. Let me talk to you about the new moon really quick. When the sun and the moon, and you know I've made this error many times, when the sun and moon are in the same sign, same degree. It, it basically visually is that we look up and we see the moon covering the sun. Now, do you not find it remarkable? I find it just absolutely remarkable that the parameter width of the moon with all its distance from the sun happens to be perfect in size so that it covers the sun when it rolls in front of it. I mean, it could have been like Mercury, a little dot, but it's it's crazy. I always find that to be, you know, one of those like just immutable mysteries that just get me every time. Like, why is that? That is so cool. Okay. And, and I don't leap into there must be a God <laughs> because I don't like doing that. I don't know. I mean, my grandfather was a priest, right? So I, I, the religion thing will always be an enigma for me. So please forgive me if it offends your sensibilities, but I just can't do it. And notice as a seven planets and water sign, I have a great air defense right? Defense, I, knowledge. I'm leaning into knowledge. And I'm the first one to say, where's the facts on that? Um, <clears throat> was I always that way? Hell no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, new moon. So we look up and the moon is covering the sun. What are we going to see? Dark. We don't see the sun anymore. And the moon's bright face is facing the sun. So we are looking at the butt of the moon. 
So that symbolically means the moon is at its darkest point. And that means up to that point, the moon lost light. It waned. It lost light. Remember, I know a lot of you have remembered waxing on, waxing off, wax buildup. So you think about wax buildup and you think about that's, oh, the moon getting brighter. Waning is losing that buildup. So the darker the moon. Emotionally, when we look at the moon and it's getting dark, we feel that there could be – sometimes we get into a little hopelessness. Notice the suicides this week, you guys. We had a lot of talk of suicide under the – under the prevailing new moon where it were coming to the new moon. So that whole week, the sun was losing light. I'm sorry. The moon was losing light. It's losing light as it approaches the sun. So it eventually turns black. And at the moment of the new moon, it starts getting light again. We start gaining light. So what happens on the moment of the new moon? Literally, you could feel the pop almost instantly like bam, Oh, what was I so depressed about or why did that seem so dark? So if you know you're approaching a new moon cycle and you know news is getting pretty shitty, quit looking at it. I definitely have turned off the TV. I mean, no, I haven't. I turn on the TV and now I'm watching. Let's see. I've watched so I have so many shows, you guys. I love so much TV. I love it, love it, love it. But for a while there. I was glued to all the news shows. Just I couldn't stop. I know all the characters in, involved. But then I got saturated, which I shocked me. And then I want to like I'm I'm starting Smallville from the very beginning. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what show it is. If it, if I connect to the people somehow, as and I'll find wisdom in it, right? I did the old Ally McBeal, all of those. And then I still and Billions is one of my favorite shows on Showtime. I'm just sharing that with you all because I'm a Venus and Gemini, and the Gemini's and you might like knowing that stuff, right? <laughs> but it's it constant. I refuse now. I can't go to the news because. In that new moon release, it started getting gloomy to me. I started thinking like, oh, my God, I don't know. I don't want to do the, this climate you know, anymore. I just don't want to think about it. So get out of it. Quit thinking about it. And that's what I did. So that's new moon. It's a 22 degrees of Gemini. Gemini is the sign that is the one that wants knowledge, the one that seeks knowledge for the sake of knowledge to make sure that we don't get overwhelmed emotionally. So guess what you're going to do tomorrow? You're going to bust out. You're going to feel free. You're going to feel good. You're going to get to have that moment where you're, you, um, you know, play and be light and communicate. And that pops tomorrow. That's the beautiful thing about the new moons. It's going to be at noon at 1243 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. And then guess what else happens tomorrow, you guys? Venus goes into Leo. Venus gets out of – wait a minute. Yeah, Venus, Venus gets out of uh, Cancer. And I just cannot believe that. Like, when was it in cancer? And I didn't even know it. Damn it. I missed my opportunity to have Venus on my sun so I could manipulate everybody. But now it's in Leo. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. We got time um, to <laughs> – we have time to enjoy our Venus transits. If you're a Leo or you know where Leo is in your chart, if you have a Leo moon, keep an eye on Venus because Venus makes you lovable. Okay? When it transits over you, it's like all of a sudden you're like – Everybody likes you. You can take advantage of that one day moment of my life. One day. I missed it. Okay. Um, so Venus goes into Leo. And on the 14th, that is Thursday, the moon, while we're sleeping, just 20 minutes after midnight, will go into Cancer. And during that time, we're going to have a couple of Venus, Uranus squares. The moon's just doing messing around with us. Just a lot of moon energy goes into Leo. Father's Day is an all-day Leo moon. Isn't that interesting? You know, Leo is the myth of the father and the weak father, the father that wasn't there because inside all Leos have to find the voice of the father that supports them in what they're doing in life right now. So <clears throat> we have the father moon on Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all you fathers and to um, – and, to, and the people who have been a father to you, who have been wise to you, who have been say, who have given you sage advice, and who have protected you when you felt unsafe, um, that those are that's a big deal, and that happens this week. So we're in the spring cycle. You remember that we go from spring. Remember, spring is Aries, Taurus, and Gemini. That's spring. Well, the moon is in Gemini now. It's in the last part of spring. And then it goes into Cancer, and it goes Cancer, Leo, Virgo. So then we're in summer, energetically. Okay, it's just energy. So the those are the early fun moons, and you can have a lot of good time with them. Remember, under the Cancer moon, you could get moody. 
you could find yourself um, that's Thursday and Friday. But there's nothing in the way. We don't have any of the oh, we do. We have a really long void, of course, moon Friday from 9:18 in the morning until midnight Saturday. Okay, so what would I say secretly without telling you guys? I'd say I ain't buying shit on Friday. That's what I would tell myself. <laughs> But guess what I would do? Buy it and keep the receipt. That's just me because I have this sort of thing with the Void of Course Moons and I'm trying to break it. Like I broke it with the Mercury Retrograde. I don't. I love the Mercury Retrograde. I really, really, really do. And I buy things under and I don't even care. I love it. Void of Course Moons, they drive me a little nuts and I don't know, you know, and they're not, they don't feel bad. I just tend to, I don't know, dissociate. <laughs> so let's see what happens to you on Friday and buy something. Keep your receipt. Don't be afraid, even no matter what it is, um, because it's just fun to see what the truth of that is for you. OK. Um, OK, that's good. That's the week ahead. Yeah, there's not a lot. You guys, it's pretty easy peasy week. You know, today's one, two days. So let me just drop a little hint to you about uh, the psychics that want to listen or um, having random price day, which means that they are generating uh, random prices. So you never know who's going to be at what price. And that's all day until tomorrow. And then tomorrow we celebrate the new moon. So if you've never tried those amazing people over at one to listen, and they are amazing. And that's why we don't hire a lot of people because it's hard to get in. It's not, I'm not trying to make it a hard to get in club. It's just hard to get in. So, but if you know someone who does, who's a, who's a therapist type of reader who also is, has been doing it for a while and like to be connected to us, just write. I mean, we will do everything we can to see if you're a fit or not. We don't want to hurt you either. So, um, summer is next week. Don't forget that. Um, and then the song I picked today was because I knew we'd be talking about all this objectivity at the spur of the moment. I saw this song. It's called Show Me, and it's about um, don't tell me about your feelings, show them to me. That is my motto. That's my theme song, right? Because I don't like when people say, you know, but I really love you. Well, if you have to tell me, I don't even know that, that could be possibly true, right? Don't I sound like a mean little air sign? <laughs> but I'm not. Yes, I am. I can be a little mean air sign. I have, you know, I can be. I can be like that, a little detached, because I don't like, I feel like I see people when they're manipulating me and I don't know if that's true or not. I just know the feeling. It's like, that just doesn't feel right. And if, and if you're selling it so hard and I, I do think that they, you know, they don't protest too much thing. I hear that too. Like, don't be, you know, don't be defending it too much. Cause then I start thinking the other thing, it's just hard to be who you are. Right. Sometimes, but I love it. And I love who you guys are. I'm going to say goodbye to you guys. I'm just looking in the chat room really quick. One last time. I can't stand I was just talking to somebody about LinkedIn. I just can't stand LinkedIn. Um they bought lynda.com, L Y N D A, and they ruined it for me. They just became all corporate-y. Um Gemini is the warm-up sign for God's favorite. <laughs> Donna, I love it. Donna's been around for a while. You know, she's calling cancer God's favorite. She's been around for a while. I got away with that for a lot of years. Um so true with Leo men. I know the whole father thing. It's true. It's really tough. Leos are trying to get your love. That's why they call so much attention to themselves. Um, Mr. Magoo, Mr. McGee, Mr. Miyagi. There, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Very good. Um, as a Libra is my curiosity. Also my defense. Hi, Lori is my cure. Yeah, absolutely. If you keep questioning, you know, Oh, what about this? Or I wonder what this would be like. It keeps you out of the, this is what it is. So you always feel free. Remember the door for air signs will always be the option option. What is it? Option B, maybe option C, whatever that little secret option is. All air signs need to have one of those. Um, they just don't need to know about it. Pamela, five in fire, four in earth, two in air, one in water. Mary, two fire, five earth, one air, and four water. Wow. Yeah, you got that balance. That's good. You're five in fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four in earth. And you married a five in earth. Yeah, that's good. You all, you all can manifest anything you want, Pamela. That's great. Internet cut out. Can someone tell me what Mark said, the difference between Gemini knowledge and Sag? Yes, I can tell you, Aaron. It's – no, I'm teasing. <laughs> it is fire. The difference is fire. Sag needed to mean something. Geminis don't care what it is. Sag need it to mean something, uh, to have meaning, to have some sort of purpose, okay? And that's the difference between the ninth, higher wisdom, and the third. 
that sort of localized wisdom like magazines and gossip rags, okay? I hope that helps. I love you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of my crazy day today. It's a new moon. You just have one more few hours to get through that to that new moon moment. And then um, enjoy the show me song. I, you know, it's a new one to me, but I kind of really enjoyed it. All right. I hope you guys have a great week ahead. Thank you. Come play it once you listen. Big hugs to all of you. Stay tuned for the amazing C.A. Brooks coming up right after me. Bye now.